Welcome to the Story Mode Podcast. I'm your host, Jesse Munro, and I'm joined tonight by two delectable dilfs, Jolie <laughs> Mack and Christopher Lowry. How are we doing? That's how I like to be introduced every time <laughs> yeah. I enter a room. Absolutely. I remember there was some good energy then. 100%. Nobody would have heard it, but we just had an eight. Uh, what was an eight count, counting? Yeah. Was, that was good. I was full of energy. I was flicking the lights. It confused Chris. It scared everyone. <laughs> Oh, how we doing? Very good. Yeah, pretty very good. good. Yeah. Keen yeah. to talk about some music. Guys, yes, very much Before so. that, I want to rant about something. Okay. What I realize, I just want to complain, which is a rant, I guess. Yeah. I just came back from Sydney, and guys, Sydney fucking sucks. Yep, I'm with you. I actually the like reason Sydney. That, I'm going to get into your wrong opinions in a moment. Maybe edit them out if I, if I choose to. <laughs> um, for context here, it's going to be a bit of a loose episode this week. We're going to be talking about live music. For two reasons, I've seen a bunch of live music lately. One of the shows being adjacent to, to Joel. We weren't next to each other. We were there in sp- um, like We went to the same spirit. show. Yeah. Exactly. We always are. Yeah. Um, and the other one is we've done a lot of really long, really heavy, really research, shockingly, episodes lately. Fuck it. I'm tired. I want, I want to kick back. So this is, to steal a, a term from another podcast, a relaxed fit episode Ooh. where I'm going to talk about Sydney. So I went to Sydney to go see My Chemical Romance twice because I'm an emo. Um, mm-hmm. There's no two ways about that. Yep. But guys, it's just, I went there. Did you guys know that Sydney's humid? Yeah. It's not that much more north, you know, further to the equator than Melbourne is. But I went there and it was like being in fucking Thailand. Yep. It is miserable. It was, everything was sticky. <clears throat> there's, I could hear multiple fights happening. At all times, and I was in the nice part. Newtown's lovely, but even the, it's just I don't. Chris, why do you like it? I've only been there once for the Olympics. I was there I for two nights. No, I actually went up there to watch the Liverpool Legends play. So oh. it was uh, it was right after Steven Gerrard had retired and he was playing with Liverpool Legends. So I got to see him play with Liverpool one more time, which was which was very good. Um, I think it was the Liverpool Legends versus the Australia Legends. Which was like one player, Mark Paduka, yeah, and then it was just a bunch of no names. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so we went up for that, and we were there for two nights. I I liked Sydney. The, the only like the only thing I didn't like was the amount of one way streets. Not that we were driving, but it just it was very confusing. Yep. Um, and I think we were in a we were in an Uber or a taxi or something, and I was like, why can't you like we were stuck in traffic? I was like, why can't you just turn around? It was because it was fucking one way streets. So yeah. It, there was one part I liked. So, because of who I booked my hotel through, I got a chauffeur from the airport. I literally came down the, uh, the little ramp, and there was a person with a little sign holding my name. Was Did it say Gerard Way? And you were just like, yep. Why not? <laughs> sure. Emo yeah, I, I would yep. not talk. No, you see that thing? Humidity. It makes it all curly. <laughs> yeah, no. I just look like... Yep. I look like Nick Frost stunt double. <laughs> Look at me. You look like me if I don't have like forty thousand pounds of like pomade in my hair. It's already. I don't look like you. I already already introduced you as a dilf. I'm just a (laughs) A delectable one. I'm an if just a fuck. (laughs) (laughs) But that was fun. But being chauffeured through hell doesn't feel like you're being chauffeured. Like like Chris alluded to, the only people who like Sydney are soccer hooligans. Okay, because (laughs) you know they can ride through the city and no. Shit, you not. Last time I went there to see another band, when I went and saw Enter Shikari there a few months ago, I may mention this in a past episode, 
I'm messaging my friend who lives there. And I'm like, I hate this place. I'm at Central Station. I hate it here. Help me. I'm going to die. And as I came over the ridge coming out of the station, I saw fla- I-, I could hear like a commotion going on. I thought it was some sort of protest. It was actually a soccer, like a little soccer riot protest. I don't know if they won or lost. Bunch of flares going off. There were like cops and stuff there. So I wasn't wrong about the soccer hooligan thing. I would just I- like to say, for someone who dislikes Sydney as much as you, you seem to go see a lot of bands up there. I, like, where else am I going to go? Go to Adelaide. What, what do you mean? Do they have an airport? How do I get there? <laughs> the GAN? Yeah, <laughs> the take a lovely Gan. train there. No, uh, I'm not going to be murdered. I had a similar thing. All right. I had a similar thing, though. Like, what, uh, But uh, we caught an Uber when the last time I went to Sydney, which was for, I think, fucking EB Expo or something. Um, The second one. And second or third one, maybe. And so we went there. It was my birthday weekend. No, it was RTX. Ooh, yikes. Um, and yeah, it was my birthday weekend. We got there. We're like, cool. It was raining. So I wanted to go to Luna Park, but it was raining. So like, fuck it. So we decided to go see The Force Awakens at IMAX. So we caught an Uber and then we got stuck in traffic and missed the first 25 minutes of the movie. Mind you, it was, they were seeing The Force Awakens. It was 2020. It had just come out in Sydney. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was. Yeah. We, we just before pandemic. No. Um, but, like, literally, we're at Uber driver. We, get, we got caught in traffic as well. We're like, what's the deal? He goes, oh, there was a track, a truck that, like, like rolled over on the Sydney Harbour Bridge, and that's backed up traffic through all of Sydney. I'm like, how is this good planning? Like, yeah. it's awful. Yeah. One of the things I did really like about Sydney, though, was the double-decker train. Do you love that? That, that? that is pretty legit. Was, the, yeah. the train lines are fucked, but the double-decker trains... Yep. They're pretty sick because they're clean that was... and you can flip the chairs around and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But just before we do move on to our main topic of the day, I need, I need to make one apology and ask one question. First of all, Joel, you say you saw The Force Awakens. Is that your favourite Star Wars film? I fucking... You... Yes! I got cannot, him! I cannot, Running joke! I cannot get... I cannot get as angry as I normally do because I am in someone else's house right now. So, I am seeing. For those listening at home, <laughs> Joel's currently recording at Karen's house, and I guarantee if you shout at the Karen what I just said, he'll laugh. He will. He will. He would. Yes. For, for context, I'm glad that you explained that because for a second there, it just sounded like Joel was like going through other people's houses, like whilst recording the podcast. <laughs> That's very true. I'm, yeah. I'm in someone else's house, so I can't be as angry as I normally want to, although I'll know like, that I'm here. It's the world's first gorilla podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh shit. Uh, and the other the other point you want to make, I made, I just made some very uh, disparaging comments about a uh, a lovely group of people. Not Sydney siders. You're all fucked. But uh, football fans. See, I called it football just then. I corrected myself. You're not all hooligans, just Chris and the people who were riding. <laughs> I want AFL hooligans who, are, who don't just like bash people on the train. <laughs> but I want like bring some flares. Come on. Nah. The, want- the, the going to AFL games is dangerous enough as it is at the moment. But I don't go because I also can't see very well. Like my vision's that bad that I don't enjoy going the, um, to live games anymore. I, I can't see say, what's we happening. Should, we should go to a game. <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll come because we we make up our own commentary and you know yeah. we yell at players and sometimes Toby Green kicks somebody's face clean off their body right in front of us, which is quite fun. Um, but actually, watching plus whenever I go to an Essendon game, we get thumped. So yeah, it's on me, but. To move on to our, our, our relaxed fit topic of the day, like I said, a lot of live music lately. 
post-COVID, I'm trying to I'm trying to see as many, well, quote-unquote post-COVID, post-lockdown, post the current lockdown. I just want to make this episode future-proof. Um, <laughs> I've been trying to see as many live bands as I possibly can because, I, you know, I, 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 I'm very much into music. Chris and I met from being in a band together. Um, same with me, with myself and Keelan. Uh, now that I know how easy that can all go away, I'm I'm doubling up on a lot of shows. Like I'm seeing them in Melbourne, I'm seeing them in Sydney if I can. If it's a very important band to me, so I've seen a few. Mm-hmm. Um, but tell me, just thinking about the state of of live music because I'm I'm torn. I think kind of post COVID has changed a fair bit into a bit of an interesting an interesting spot right now. But just to set the scene, let's ask the basics. Joel, Chris. What was the last live show you went to? I mean, it was it was my chemical romance on Friday night. <laughs> I, I don't know. You could have been to another show between now and then. It's, I have. I mean, I, I had to actually stop for that. And I was like, no, no, I definitely haven't. No. Um, but yeah. How'd no, you find it, was, it? I look, I I don't know. It was weird. I, I was sort of thinking about it on the on the, the drive, on the drive down. And I'd only ever seen my chemical romance once before that and it was at my very first big day out and it was like black parade era they were wearing the full get up gerard had his blonde bleach blonde hair like it was so i saw them then and it was a festival set and it was a great festival set don't get me wrong at that period in in time and then so i don't know i just sort of got a little bit emotional about it and i was a little bit emotional during it all like it's i had a moment yeah yeah I did too. I like it was, yeah. I I think, I mean, it, it wasn't during the obligatory like, welcome to the Black Parade that got me very you know emotional for you know is this, it's that song it does things to you. It was a very good moment. Like the whole crowd came together and had seen it like with their phones and stuff out, and yeah. then remembering like my dad never took me to a fucking parade. <laughs> Bullshit. <laughs> um, there was literally that was a cool moment. And it's been building up for three years. Like, this well, this show was meant to happen too. three fucking years ago. Exactly. Back when I had enough hair to do the emo thing. <laughs> well, you were saying about, like, like your dad not taking you. There was literally a mum and dad talking in, uh, it's like, on the floor in front of us because we were right on the barrier of seating. And um, the, Jesse's lights just turned off and it was <laughs> we were just sort of shrugged. <laughs> what confused. just happened? <laughs> it was like the cleaner came through and just turned your lights off. <laughs> just assumed no one was there. Just get out of here. <laughs> um, that was bizarre. But yeah, there was like there was like a mum and dad with their little probably like <laughs> nine or ten year old that was like up on their shoulders in front of him and he was loving it. Like having the best night. And he had like, you know, the 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 earmuffs on, like he had them over his like they were doing the right thing. And I was just like that that may be even more emotional as a dad as well. Like I was like, I can't wait to take my son to like a gig like this that means something to him. Um, and it was during it was I'm not okay. I'm, I'm funnily enough that that got me. Like I just sort of put my head down on the railing and just sort of took in like three deep breaths because I was like, that was the song. That was the song that got me. I remember my cousin giving me a burnt copy of Three Cheers for Sweet Revenge and also. I gave you my bullets. You, you, you gave me your love, and listening to those and just being like, mm, "Tasty, I love these." Um, so, yeah, that was the one that got me. I like watching that music video and just being like, oh, "I love 
this. I think my like my media sack was based on like definitely heavily influenced by that because I used that song in it as well. Um, That's what he calls his um the area on his body where he stole all of his, his passion for media. His mm, media sack. Yeah, <laughs> it's, 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 so, it's more. It's, no, it's just a name, Chris. It's actually a gland. <laughs> it's just what I try and tell people what the reason why I'm so fat. It's fine. Um, but yeah, I'm full I, of media. I, yeah, full of media. Cultivating mass. Yes. <laughs> yep. It's <I'm> harvesting. <laughs> no, yeah. Chris, Joel yeah. was saying he got quite emotional at the show. I know for a fact that you got quite emotional at the last show you went to. What about Steel Panther made you cry? <laughs> <laughs> so yes, the last show that I went the to was with, was with you. Was yeah. was Steel Panther at uh, Margaret Court Arena. <clears throat> um, the thing that made me emotional at that show was hell of a show. Was the the um, what's the word? Just the the people that we were in the venue with. It was an interesting selection of people. Oh yeah, you and a I really like... stood out. Yeah, because we were. Under 400, for one. Yeah. yeah um, and neither of us was wearing leather pants. Mm-hmm. Or sporting Chris ACDC of- tattoos. Chris did have a lot of hairspray in his hair, though. To be <laughs> fair, I was probably one of the only people that did the hair. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fair point. That's a fair point. Um, but yeah, we saw a lot of people there who looked like they were, you know, they were celebrating their second divorce going to this show. They were trying to hit on some younger ladies in front of them. They're having their 12 bottles of Jack Daniels now. For the for the taste, for the good people listening to the show, we won't get into the nitty-gritty of that particular show, but it, it was one of the few live performances I've ever seen where it was like, wait, wait, can they can they do that still? Yeah. 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 To, to there, were some, there were some moments, but they, I felt like they... They got right to the line of what you probably probably can do, but it, again, I guess it, it's everyone who bought a ticket to that show knows the band. Well, it's you almost know like still band. It's a, they're a parody band. Yeah. It's yeah, almost absolutely. like watching South Park these days. South Park is virtually uncancelable because that's just what people expect of them. Like that's what it is, I and that's very much Steel true. Panther as well. Yeah. I'd argue the fact it's, it's not quite <laughs> like that because um, Steel Panther is still funny. Oh, yes. um, that. So what I was going to say is that there was a very, very distinct difference between you and I and ninety nine percent of the other people there. Not just on looks, but you and I were very much there. Like, wow, these guys are incredible musicians. Oh God, they're they're so putting good. on a hell of a show. This is awesome. Whereas everyone else was like, "Ah, uh, he said tits." That was very <laughs> yeah. much the difference between us and everyone else. Very close to being an orgy on stage as well at one point. Yes, yeah. I saw an odd number of breasts. I, I like saw twenty-seven. Them, I saw them in like I can't remember when, but I saw them years ago in at the My Music Bowl, and I remember Fozzy, front man, fronted by Chris Jericho, like supported them, and that was wild too. Like it was, it was that was that was great. It was a great show, and you're right. Like, and I think that's the best part of like parody bands and things like that is when they do it but they're also really good at making music that is just really enjoyable to listen to as well so it's like bloodhound gang you can listen to bloodhound gang and be like this is good music also i'm having a bit of a bit of a cheeky cheeky chuckle to myself yeah i would argue like things like um like the lonely island and flight of the concords and stuff like that where it's just like yeah this is 
genuinely good music, but it's also very funny. Yeah. Well, um, Father Conquest is a good example because those two guys can play like every instrument extremely well. I've always wanted to go with the live shows. The yeah. closest I've got to buy is is buying their DVD for the show. Yeah. Which isn't the same. I mean, Brett has an Oscar for best musical like song in a in, in a. Uh, Give Jermaine Clement his Oscar. Yes, yeah, true. Give him the EGOT, I say. Yes. Um. Now, these shows you may have been to recently may not have been the best shows you've ever been to. So I want to also know, and I think this is a very hack question, but I'm nothing but a hack. Uh, best show you've ever been to? Chris. Um, so I'm very much one of those people where it's like, if you ask me, like, who's your favorite band? I can't just pick one. Like, it depends on my mood and, mm. and a range of factors. Same with, like, what's the best album? Like, I can't just pick one. It was the same with, with best live show. So I kind of broke it down into sections. Well, and remember, uh, this is recorded and going out there, so this is legally binding. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there there so, are wrong answers. So I kind of looked at it this way. So for like pure musicianship, probably the, the two live shows I've been to that stood out there was Dream Theater and Epic. Deep Purple. Ooh, so ooh, I have yeah. seen them both twice. I can't remember if I've seen Deep Purple three times. Um, but I've seen them both twice. Deep Purple was the first concert I ever went to when I was wow. 13, I think. Um, so like just for pure musicianship, like dream theater, I mean, you watch them and you're basically watching robots, like they're freaks, like yeah. every single one of them. It's just, it's all note perfect. Exactly. as it is on the album. There's no backing tracks. It's just, it's insane. Like the first time I saw them was at festival hall, three hour show. They did the evening with dream theater show, which they didn't do often at the time. It was three hours or three and a half hours. And it was insane. Um, Jesus. and yeah, deep purple, same thing. Like just. Pure musicianship. They're all just insane musicians. You're not going there to see like the spectacle of a show. You're just going there to just witness like greatness, basically. Um, then kind of another way they looked at it was like kind of like the crowd passion. Like there's two shows that kind of stick out in my mind for like just the way that the energy in the room at the time. One was Yellow Card's farewell show, which you were I was, with me. As soon as you mentioned that, I'm like, he's going to bring up Yellow Card. Cause yeah. I remember they're like, everyone, turn your phone off. Don't recall this. We're just going to have this moment. It was and they lit incredible. the whole room up so you could actually see everybody's faces in there. And there was, like, not a dry eye in the house. It was That was one of the most, like, emotionally charged shows I've ever been to. Yeah, it was incredible. Like, just the passion in the that room. Was it Max Watts from memory? Oh, my God. So, like, it, was a, it wasn't, like, a huge venue. Like, yes. Yellow Card were incredible. But just everyone just, it was just such an enjoyable night. The other one as well. well like in terms two months of later, that, they try to sue a dead rapper. Yeah. Like they really ruined their <laughs> retirement, didn't they? And now they're coming back. No, yeah. well, you know, they got um, the other one in terms of that kind of um, that kind of the feeling at the time was the second last show that I I went to, which was Foo Fighters in Geelong. So that was kind of the Fuck. the return yeah. of like the first proper like arena show after lockdown. The, the Victorian government obviously put it on and. Um, like, I remember when they came out and they opened with times like these, it was just very emotional. Oh. Like, that song and Dave saying, like, I didn't know if we'd get this back again. And then kind of now, retrospectively looking at it, it was also only, what, a month or two before Taylor passed away. So it was a very, very oh emotional God. show. And just, like, yeah, everyone just had such a, it was just such a good night. Um, and then the last way I looked at it is just from, like, that all-around spectacle kind of huge show, like, entertainment-wise. Um, there's probably two particular bands that stand out. The one that I put on top is Alice Cooper. Oh, yes. I've seen Alice two times. 
And yeah, the first time I saw him was at um, the Palais. And like he did the full show, like the full get up. He decapitated himself at the end with the guillotine. Then, Sorry, like, you need to give more context to somebody who doesn't really get that. <laughs> what? So Alice did the show. That, it's like a full on proper that's show. You only do once. Yes. It's it's Fuck like yes. a it's like a um, oh, what's the word? Can't think of it. But it's it's like a it's, it's like a full on like stage show almost. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, he kind of his big one of the big endings is he either like they pull out a guillotine and then he has his head chopped off, or he gets hung, or there's another one. There's another way he dies, and then he kind of. They all of a sudden the band do like this instrumental part, and then they go into schools out, and then Alice appears at the back of the stage again for schools out, and then comes down, and he's in like the full schools out ghetto out, like the outfit with like the top hat and the suit and everything, and it's just like such an awesome ending. Um, so like for spectacle, Alice was definitely on top, and then um, I'd also have to put on Motley Crue as well because just like I was at their farewell show four or five years ago, and just like in terms of the stage show and what they do, I mean like Tommy Lee. Did a drum solo over a roller coaster over the entire crowd. That's it was awesome. <laughs> yeah, like it was just in terms of pure spectacles. Dick like out. Was, there was so much pyro and and flames and everything. Like it was just insane. Yes. yes. Why does why does he pull his dick out? I mean, he can. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of expected now, isn't it? Really, yeah. it's kind of like you kind of expect it. <clears throat> Chris, should we should we do a, re- a uh, reunion show? <laughs> I like Dong. I'll do he, it. Um, what was the one that he did after that whole thing? They were doing a show, and he he told everyone he was going to pull out his wiener, and then he actually had a tiny dog in his pants, and he pulled a dog out. Oh my god! <laughs> Poor dog. Yeah, it was it like a chihuahua. Much room for him in there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, they're the they're the best kind of the best live shows that I could could think of. Kind of. That and I'd Joel, seen. how about how about you? What, who's your favorite musician penis? <laughs> My favorite musician penis. Um, well, if you had to pick, I mean, I'm a Fallout Boy fan, so like there was that whole thing with Pete Wentz getting his dick out there for a while. So it's <laughs> like that's Lenny Kravitz's dick was so big it broke free. Remember yeah, that time? Yeah, he tried to run away. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's a there's a few that off the top of my head. There's a couple that stick out to me. Um, in terms of like show that just blew me away because my wife and I. Well, my wife doesn't go to shows very often, like at all. She doesn't like going. And if we go, we have to sit in seats. And I'm like, that's fine, especially now because I'm an old man. So um, <laughs> it's it, it's it's fine by me. But um, the first time we went and saw 21 Pilots, um, which I've seen twice now, and the first time in particular was because I didn't know what to expect. Like I, I was, I enjoyed their music and stuff like that. And I knew what some of the things that they do, like they always finish with trees, which is a great song. Um, um, but, like, it started and Tyler was playing with, like, a bag over his head and he's, like, playing and they were in their suits and stuff like that. And then all of a sudden the lights went out and he disappeared off stage and everyone was like, oh, my God, where is he? And we were up in, like, we bought tickets, like, way late. So we bought, like, $80 tickets up in the, the fucking nosebleed section. And I shit you not, like, five rows down from us. Before the show started, I'm like, there's a road case. That's weird. Didn't think too much about it. But I did clock it, and then the lights come back on, and Tyler was there with the bag off, and he was singing, and I did this scream like, "Oh!" Like, just freaked out. I was like, "Oh my god, he's right there!" Obviously, it was a whole, you know, you know that bait and switch, um, you know, sort of sleight of hand thing. But like, 
it was cool. I was like, that was good. And that show, they also played, speaking of My Chemical Romance, they did like a, like a, a I think they call it like their hometown set, like f- three or four songs in the middle of the crowd. And they played their cover of Cancer by My Chemical Romance, which is great. It's a great it really gets the crowd going that one. Yeah, it does have a bit of a beat to it, but yeah, it is. It's, but they were in their like old skeleton jumpsuits and stuff. It was it was just an amazing show. Like it blew. They got into like bloody balls, like zorbs, and went out into the crowd at one point. Yeah, that's like, pretty sick. Yeah, it was like just weird, cool shit. Like, and then when they do, they they always close with trees, which is again, I love that song. But they always have this part where they get into the first few rows of the crowd with like. Like a tom, like a tom, tom, like drum, and each and big mallets, and play like the the closing boom, 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 like build up at the end before they sort of finish the show, and it was it's it was just it was so hype, and I loved it so much. Um, but then I think the other one that's just for me that like I don't know, it just came at a a, a one of those shows that, that hits you at those moments in your life. It was like probably. Eight months before my son was born, we hadn't told anyone yet. Um, we hadn't told many people anyway. And I went and saw Frank Turner um, with uh, Alex. And, um, yeah, a- a- he was like, you got to come. And he was the one that introduced me to Frank Turner. And I, I love Frank Turner so much. And I went to the show and it was like two hours long. Um, the support acts were um, the Heartaches and I think someone else as well. I can't remember which great, phenomenal, like, and we were like right at the barrier at the forum in, in um, 2018. And it, it was just this two hour show. He was sick through the whole thing that did not stop him, which like that man is an absolute freak. Like he just, he, he numbers all his shows. I'm like looking at his website. That show was number 2,288 of all of his live shows that he's ever done. He knows the number of every single live show that he's done. And it's, He'll be like, oh, this next show coming up is show such and such. I watched his live, like, during lockdown show um, that he did, which was, like, I think show 2,500, I think. Chris, we um, should have done that. We, should have been, we could have been like, this is show 27. <laughs> <laughs> and there's two people here. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be there. Um, but, yeah, and it was just, I don't know, he's just got this, he's so charismatic to watch and so, I don't know, it just hit me. At a, a perfect time, and um, I got like I'm showing my wrist now. I have a well, hang on, wrong wrist. That one. I have a wrist, that's, uh, wrist tattoo that says. You forget which tattoo. That- <laughs> oh, Holy that's really shit. fucking. Okay, for people at home, so we're we're recording this. For, um, I w- wish we were still doing this on um Twitch. Twitch. Just for I'm that. So glad we're not. Holy shit! Fuck. So we're recording this on on Discord, and we can all see each other. And Joel wants to show his his tattoo, and he put up the wrong hand. Yep. What was that I, about? I don't know. No, let's break any- that down, man. See, I don't <laughs> need you. Podcast. I don't now. need you to drag out things like the Star Wars thing or Avatar to make myself like, you just let me be. I'll just make a <laughs> fucking fool of myself regardless. Hey, Joel, which one's your favorite right hand? God. If you had to anyway, pick. <laughs> it's, it says, don't, don't worry, which everyone's like, oh, don't worry, be happy. It's not. It's from the song Don't Worry by Frank Turner. <laughs> At the time, like. The, the opening line of that song goes, don't worry if you don't know what to do. And I was like, that was like, you know, on the verge of being a father and all that sort of stuff. It was just, it was a hit at a really good moment. I just, I remember standing outside just like being quiet and Alex being like, hey, like, how'd you enjoy it? I was like, hmm, yeah, 
that was amazing, like phenomenal. And there are other like moments like that 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 sort of hit me, like that Shikari show that we went to. I was going to mention that, yeah. Yeah, I thought you might bring that up, so that's why I didn't really go into it all that much. But um, but yeah, like that 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 show being the first show that post lockdowns and everything that I went to, um, and it being fucking incredible. So for reasons that I'm sure that maybe you'll touch on. Well, um, actually, like, so I've got three shows yeah. as well. Um, and for all for different reasons. Now I've got the Shikari and I could pick any one of their shows. It's actually the first show I saw them at. So a small venue with that billboard. This is like 10 years ago almost. Fuck. I was young, full of hope in my eyes. I'm pretty sure it was one of the few shows that I went to by myself. Like one of the first shows that I went to by myself. Um... And Raul Reynolds is one of the best frontmen in live music, especially with live music. Absolutely. He walks around the side of the crowd, jumps up onto the bar, and then walks across the crowd, basically. People are holding him up. And when they're doing Sorry You're Not a Winner, which is their, their big song, especially at the time, he puts the mic in my face and we did the chorus together. And it was the coolest thing that has ever happened to me. Um, and since then, I've always been I'm an absolute, like, sucker for that band. They, they, they are my favorite band. Uh, the other two, Shikari probably an obvious one. There was um, Paramore when they played. They were, um, 21 Parts actually opened for them. I was going uh, to mention that before. I remember the just kind of sidetrack, which I was talking about 21 Parts before. I never really got into 21 Pilots. Yeah. But when we went and saw Paramore at Sydney My Music Bowl, 21 parts open for them and we didn't really no one really knew who they were at the time and i remember after their set we were all looking at each other like who the hell was that band they were awesome super high energy yeah Yeah. um i think it was when they played like lane boy i'm just like this is the best and sydney Meyer music bowl shockingly isn't in sydney it's confusing but it's it's like an amphitheater it's it's outdoors and you don't really get many shows like that in, in, in Melbourne. We don't have enough venues like that. Um, like in, in Sydney, to defend Sydney for a moment, there's actually a really cool um, venue called The Roundhouse, which is like part of like the Sydney University, where you can go in and watch a band and then step outside where it's all open area and still watch the band from outside. That's awesome. So when people are having a smoke and stuff like that, or when the bands you know, are playing the new stuff and you don't really give a shit, you can go outside. Um, yeah, and I think Paramore there was really cool. I've got this weird thing of always getting a really good spot when I'm in a crowd. Um, and I they played Holiday, which is just this little like ukulele song, dead in front of me. And it's a band I've loved for years. And that was like a really surreal moment. Plus, then they played Ain't It Fun, which Ugh. this is before um, Jeremy had his uh, rap career. And that was really cool. Oh, as as somebody who attempts to play bass guitar, that's a really, like, I, I adore that song. It's got such a cool baseline in it, uh, and seeing that live was, was really special. But for that, me, um, no. that 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 spot we were in, like I've been on barriers and stuff at gigs, but that spot we were in at that gig just was perfect. Like it was incredible. My next one beats that. So um, my partner Sophie, massive Nine Inch Nails fan, like she's a Nine Nine Inch Nails tattoos. I'm a big Queens of the Stone Age fan. They played a show together like six years ago. I want to say. Um, and every night, basically, they were, like, reversing who was opening, who was closing, because they're, they're equal-sized bands. Um, and because she's part of, like, some sort of, like, main list, we got part of the early entry, so we got to go in about two minutes early, which means at Rod Laver Arena, we got a really good spot. That's awesome. 
we were right against, we had one couple in front of us. They were big Queens of Stone Age fans. So they, Queens of Stone Age come out, they do this absolute, like, one of the best rock and roll shows you'll ever see. Like, Josh Homme, yeah, he kicks camera people. Okay, look, look, I'm not going to defend that. He's one cool motherfucker. Like, you look at him and like, I, I, I want to buy a leather jacket now. I need to be cooler. Um, obviously, I've done that since. I've become a lot cooler. Uh, <laughs> but when the set finished, this couple turn around and saw Sophie in her, like, her nice nail shirt and said, do you guys want to swap? And they let awesome. us get right on the barrier, basically dead center. So Trent Reznor's like right in front of us performing. And I quite like Nine Inch Nails, but I'm not like a super fan. At the time, I wasn't. Their live show is like an ethereal experience. When I, I, I can close my eyes and, and still like picture moments from it because it's such like, it's, it's really like otherworldly. They have these like really cool effects. They have this like, weird like silk curtain that comes down they project shit onto it so it's got like a 3d effect going on each one of the members of the of the band i guess the band is just Trent, but whatever for argument's sake the band has such like a, a unique on-stage personality like the guitarist at the time was like an eight foot tall fucking scandinavian giant man just shredding awesome. this little guitar <laughs> the um alan rubin was playing oh, he was just like killing it just incredible uh, he Trent brings his wife. Um, oh, I've completely blanked on her name, but they play some uh, "How to Destroy Angel" stuff. That show's always stuck stuck with me, just because I love really good crowd experiences. Yeah, like I I love the friends you make at a show. You don't know their names, but they are you. They your friends for the next few hours. That's Especially what Frank Turner was like, yeah, like in Frank the mosh pit and stuff well. like that. You just have to like know people, and I, I guess. All of us, to a different extent, we're all, all into like, you know, punk and metal and stuff like that. I, I love that vibe of a good crowd when you're picking people up and stuff like that. That's such cool energy. Hell and yes. just even having that on that smaller level of like, do you guys want to be in front of me? I've always, actually, since that moment, I, I try as best as I can because I'm tall. Whenever I'm in a crowd, I'll turn around. If somebody's shorter behind me, I say, go in front of me. I can see right over your head. It doesn't matter. Yep. Um, so, you know, you try, try to pay those moments forward. But look, we set the scene. We kind of all know what our, our, our musical, our live music choices are. And a lot of our favorite things did happen pre-COVID. Have you found your, it's probably going to be hard to say, has live music changed a lot post-COVID, post-lockdown, whatever. I give you an interesting from our own experiences. Have, have your experiences changed? Because my, mine has, and I, I still can't quantify what it is, but it feels weird. The, the small show they've been to, I feel normal-ish, kind of, but I, I, I found that the, the venues have changed a fair bit. Yeah. But also just maybe people's, um, how they want to interact with the music themselves. A lot of people are just more standing and want their space now, which I can respect. Yeah. Uh, but like, I, I can, there's a big sign up so there's like no moshing and no crowd stuff. It's like, uh, what's... And like everyone standing there is like like you know like half a meter away from each other. It felt really weird. To be fair, like that those signs are always have always been there. No, I one never used to read them. To them yeah, it's true. Yeah, but like I remember seeing those. I remember like Baby Boy going to see. Uh, I think Panic at the Disco was my first ever like big gig that I went to. Um, at Festival Hall. Um, like when they first toured here, it was supposed to be at the Hi Fi Bar. And then it got upgraded to Festival Hall. And 
I remember going to that gig and, and seeing those signs and being like, oh, but I was really going to go. And then, like, the <laughs> band starts and everyone's, like, going fucking ape shit. And you're like, okay, cool. That's a suggestion. Like, that's that's not a – that's a legal requirement now looking yeah. back on it. Yeah. That's a ticking the box exercise. Exactly. It's like, look, we've done – we can't do anything to stop it. And then you see the disgruntled security guards at the front of the barrier pulling people over and you're like, oh, this is what it's all about. Um <laughs> Yeah, so, but I don't know. I feel like for me it's changed in terms of like, I think I think Jesse was saying something about like, you know, having that moment taken, you you don't know if that moment's ever going to be taken away from you again. So like going to see bands as much as possible. So I I feel like that's in my mind where I'm like, and even with like, I was this close, I was so close to buying tickets to that that Foo Fighters show in Geelong. Mm. And now like Taylor's gone. Like that's, that's like... I won't see that. Like, and, yeah. and, and thinking about that going like, oh man, like having those moments taken away. So I think. I think, so with that food fight of the show, I think it's going to take a, a while for people to realize how special that show was. Yeah. Um, Cause like, I'm not, I, I, I appreciate Foo Fighters, but I'm not, I'm not like a super fan or anything like that. But then you realize like why they did the show was just trying to help people after lockdown. It was like a really like community driven sort of thing. And then obviously tail passing away. Um, yeah, that, that will go down in like history as yeah. a show. Like, so we were in the seats, so we weren't in like general admission. We were in seats off to kind of the side near the stage. <clears throat> and like, I've got videos of like, it just started bucketing down halfway through and it just looks so cool. Like just seeing oh. this crowd, like going nuts and there's just rain pissing down on everyone and like the band's just loving it and dave like said multiple times like he he like went out and he's like like as they lifted the lights up he's like holy crap it's a stadium and like taylor came out from behind the kit and did um somebody to love by queen he sung it and he looked out and he was like holy shit dave it is a stadium like i didn't think we'd get to see one of these again like it was just it was an incredible gig that's that's special that's that's insane. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> I know we're, we're, we're going to be jumping around for a lot of different questions, but just question without notice. Are there any bands or musicians that you've seen that are kind of like outside of your normal genres? Because like, mm. I've, I like myself some rap. I like myself some hip hop, but I don't, I don't go to many shows. Um, Run the Jewels oh were God. thick live. Fuck, I got. That would have been good. <laughs> so I was hotboxed. <laughs> <laughs> like a motherfucker, I was. Everyone in that room was so high. Fuck yeah! And nobody bought weed. Okay, <laughs> it was all other people's drugs. Okay, yep. um, super high energy. I, I, I'm a mad, a massive fan of Killer Mike and LP. And that yeah. was sick. But like being, I guess they they're a bit of a middle in the middle because there was a mosh pit and it worked. But I, I've always wondered, like, how would I go at a show that doesn't really warrant one? And I actually had that. My last show I went to prior to lockdowns was to see um, the world's greatest boy band, Brockhampton, um, play at uh, some festival. Ugh, I can't remember what it was called. Lame FOMO. Or something, was it? Oh, FOMO, FOMO yeah. Um, but I'm like, I really don't want to see them. But Lizzo played as well. I'm like, fuck, I'll stick around with Lizzo. <sighs> Lizzo's, like, sick live. And it was just a show like, 
she's just announced a headline tour for a Splendor in the Grass, and I want to go so I fucking badly. Very, very, very fun. But I didn't know what to do. Like Brockhampton still had a little bit of a mosh, but like not like a throwing hand sort of mosh, but just jumping up and down sort of mosh. But I'm like, hey, I'll get involved with that. Lizzo didn't. I'm just like saying they're just like tapping my foot along. Like, Ooh, yeah, I'm an that emo at the show. On a on a kind of similar vein, um, Soundwave, um, myself and one of mine and Jesse's mutual friends, Jade, uh, we were trying to get Barrier for Paramore, and as a result, we ended up Barrier for Cypress Hill. Hell yeah! Right. Think of getting high. And it was interesting because, like, right before Cypress Hill played, I'm pretty sure it was Sum 41 were on before them. So we were. It was Sum 41, Cypress Hill, Garbage, and then Paramore. Yeah. So we went from being on the barrier for Sum 41, which was awesome and, like, everyone was going crazy. And then all of a sudden, it was just. It was almost like we got a break because Cypress Hill came on and everyone just chilled out massively. <laughs> there was space in between people. Oh. Like you were like, oh, I can breathe again. There was the smell of weed everywhere. Yeah. And like the it was like they interchanged the crowd except for us. It was like everyone around us was completely different people. And then as soon as Cypress Hill finished, those people just went somewhere else again. Yeah. The, Chris yeah. saying it was the first time he got high on other people's smoke. <laughs> <laughs> we just really chilled up, just good vibes everywhere. Probably the, the only other one that I would say, which it's not really outside the realm of what I enjoy, but different show to what I'm used to, was Michael Bublé, which right. it was very much just people kind of like, they didn't sit in their seats, everyone stood, but it was almost kind of just like a big party almost. Everyone just stood where their seats were and just yep. bopped along and enjoyed themselves. I think the first, for me, like it's... I enjoy, like, I went to this, the festival because I like that music because I, I, I also DJ and I like, I like EDM, I guess, and things like that. You know, I, I, I like dance music as well. So The amount of shame we, in your voice just there I don't, was I, warranted. I, don't I feel like I'm, like, this, I'm, I'm losing, like, I don't know, emo cred or something. I don't know. I don't Dude, know I was, oh, wait, emo but cred. Also, anyway, I was going to say, like, I went to Alana Del Rey show. That's still pretty fucking emo. Um, hot take. I think she's overrated. Anyway, um, I think you're I a dickhead. I think yeah, you're both that's dickheads. That's fine. I, it's, I, they, yeah, I, yeah, overrated. But, um, Go tell us I about your to, EDM. I went to a, I went <laughs> to, <laughs> <laughs> fuck. I went to, a, I went to Creamfields, which is a festival that came to Australia for a, a few years, um, at the showgrounds. Um, and the reason I wanted to go is because the Bloody Beatroots were playing and I fucking adore the Bloody Beatroots. Um, who's uh, basically this one guy called Sir Bob Cornelius Refo um, is his other name. What the fuck are you on like, about? How high are you right now? What are you talking <laughs> no, about? You're into Creamfields like, to see Bob Pythagoras Refo or something. <laughs> what are you talking about? So, but it was also, there was a whole bunch of other artists that I really wanted to see, like Mastercraft and stuff like that as well. Um, Green Velvet, all really awesome dance music names for different reasons. Anyway. So they they they're like a like a a big well known at the time. They'd release. I don't know if you've heard that song like that. Whoop. One two whoop, whoop, whoop. Whoop. wow yeah. That's yeah. I, that's, I went I went to clubs when I was nineteen. Yeah. There we go. There we go. Um, everyone knows that song. So it's I, I wanted to see them live, but they weren't doing a DJ set. They were doing a full band thing. So um, it was the day was great. It was really good. And in terms of like experiences, like that was a. a a show that I went to that I was not super close, but close enough. I lost my friends and I was in the pit for bloody beetroots, but I had room around me and I was able to like dance. And that was great fun. But the thing was the bloody beetroots played like 
it was like a punk set almost in some aspects to the point that at that point they hadn't released this remix of it. They played their remix of New Noise by Refused, which is one of my favourite songs of all time. Okay, I just learned, I didn't know that they did that. And I also didn't know you liked that song as much as I do. I fucking adore that song. Like, it's it's one of those songs that popped up in everyone's rage lists. And I was like, oh, it's a, just that song in particular. I've listened to their albums and stuff and I do enjoy them. Um, but that song is special. I, like, they did that. I heard that they just started playing like this, you know, the drummer started like just hitting on the kick drum. And I'm like, okay, this is great. Yeah. And then I heard that. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Are they doing this? Like, and yeah, being having that space around me as well was, yeah, was awesome. Also, that for someone playing along to like EDM and stuff like that, the drummer was like faultless. It was insane to listen to. But yeah, that was probably my wildest one. Move on to the next topic. Can I just go back? I did miss out on an opportunity for a joke, <laughs> and I feel remiss if I don't tell it now. Time is going to be off, but I feel like I need to do it. I was saying that I went to Lana Del Rey, and you said the, you said you went to a show uh, to the Creamfield Festival. I would like to say that Lana Del Rey was my own Creamfields. Um, was, that was a cum joke for anyone listening at home. Yep, yep. <laughs> thank you, thank you. And Auntie Donna fans. <laughs> yes, <laughs> he did. Much known fans of cum. <laughs> Those ones. <laughs> On to you, Mark. Um, um, I was I was going to quickly ask as well. <clears throat> just a question that popped into my head, Jesse. You were saying before that, like, um. That first Enter Shikari show <clears throat> was the first time you'd kind of gone to a gig by yourself. What's kind of the take on on going to gigs by yourself? I know that it's very kind of... Um, I go to most shows by myself now. There you go. Because, so, two reasons. Um, all my friends, you guys included, for the most part, pretty boring. Actually, no, you two are actually the, you two are actually the cool one because you're the two that I will go to shows with. Um <laughs> But I probably go to most shows than a lot of my friends. Um, and when I go, I, if it, I'm if i somebody who will still go into a crowd because I'm hanging on to my youth as much as I possibly can. I do feel it for days uh, afterwards, but you lose me pretty quickly. Even at festivals, and we'll get to festivals soon, uh, you'll see me once and then I'm off. I, I, I can't stick around with another person because I feel like I'm holding them back and they're holding me back. Mm-hmm. When I it's like when I'm watching a band, it's like watching a movie. I don't need to know the person next to me. Yeah, I'm gonna yeah, make those friends like in the pit and stuff like that. I'll catch up with people between sets. If I see you, I'll come over to you, Joel. You know that. Yep, that was the, but the like, one of the w- best things at that that Inter Shikari show, that last Inter Shikari show that we went to. We were like um, Mac and Charlie. We just like saw each other in the crowd, like hey. literally a circle pit opened up. And I looked across and I just saw Jesse on the other side. I hadn't seen him for like 25 minutes. And it was like, ah. I, I like, we walked in there and I'm like, we're in the pit. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. and you guys are like, oh, we're going to hang back. I'm like, cool. I'll see you. I'll see you. Oh. If I see you. <laughs> no, no. Our other, my, my other friend, um, Jared, was going to hang back. I was like, no, we're fucking going. I'm going in too. I almost died, but it's fine. Now, okay. well, we, we mentioned festivals uh, a little bit. That's gonna be the. I've got a lot to say about it before we get into that, and I guess it will. This conversation will lead into that a little bit. Ticket prices, mm. top of your head. What's the most you paid for a ticket? I think like, Lando Ray was two hundred twenty bucks. Like a, like an actual like a festival or nah a, for like like just a show. Just that, so it's probably the tickets that I've bought for Blink One Eighty Two next year, which were like two hundred bucks, I think. Yeah, so this uh, it's a lot of money for four. What I was gonna say. Um, 
with the the live and, music post COVID, for me it hasn't really yeah. changed much. But the big thing that has changed has been ticket prices. So yeah. um, my partner is a a very big Pink fan, so we've bought tickets to see Pink next year. And yeah, I'm pretty sure that they were two twenty each. And that yeah. Which doesn't make any sense because like, she plays like 400 fucking shows. That was for general admission as well. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. So, like, that's the big kind of thing that I've noticed that's been really different has been the ticket prices, well, which, I mean, everything has gone up in price in post COVID. Of course. Oh, yeah. Let's get, let's get political. Um, <laughs> look, the one of the reasons I actually want to do the show is, aside from seeing a bunch of live shows recently, is it's been really in the news that, uh, Robert Smith from The Cure, everyone's favourite goth. Well, it, it doesn't even look goth now, it just looks tired. But they're playing um, a big show in the States, and they kind of recognise that, you know, everything's getting very expensive. We want people to come and enjoy our music. So they were selling um, tickets for like 50 bucks, which, uh, sorry, $20, which is, in English money, about 50 quid. Yeah. Um, that was my English accent. Sorry, Simon. Actually, I should be doing this all in my Simon voice, shouldn't I? Yeah. Of course you should. Hello, I'm Robert Smith. <laughs> I'm surprised you've restrained yourself for this long. Like <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm too tired. <laughs> okay. Um, no, no, no. I'm doing it out of respect for the Queen. Um, so they were selling tickets for like twenty bucks or so, but Ticketmaster, the fucking vultures, came in and they popped a service fee of eleven dollars sixty five on top of that, and a facility charge of ten dollars, and a five dollars fifty processing fee. So all the fees cost more than the fucking ticket. Yeah, and it is getting it's getting ridiculous. Like, okay, somebody needs to take Ticketmaster and Ticket to to fucking court. Even t- this morning, um, my partner wants to go see a K-pop group called Twice. I helped to get a ticket this morning. Side just crashed right away. Immediately crashed, and it's like, ugh. look, we normally talk about games. We all know all about like you know server overloads and crashes and stuff like that. But for the most part, they learn from it. This yes. happens with Ticketmaster every fucking week, and yeah. people lose tickets. People like uh, will get absolutely like scalpers make a mint. Apparently, and again, this isn't confirmed yet. So this show is at Rod Laver, and so the f- the the stage for them comes out a bit more. So there's a lot less less floor room than usual. So the floor room is VIP for this show. What people found was on the map it shows that part of the VIP. But when the site started to crash, people were struggling to get st- uh, get tickets and were happy to pay a lot more. For context, Sophie has a ticket right at the back. Cost 220 bucks. Absolute no- right. nosebleeds, $220. They extended the VIP section into the into the seated areas. So the same experience that we're going to get for, say, 300 bucks, but now those tickets are suddenly 450 Yeah. But- I feel like the Blink-182 tickets were very similar <laughs> because I'm sitting in, like, We've got seats in the lower seating section of Rod Laver, but they're at the back half, but and they were 199 or something like that. But then the front half of that section, so the same exact block of seats that I'm sitting in, but the front half of that were being sold for I think 280 or something or 300 dollars. Like it was ridiculous. And, and it's like, like this whole like, oh, you're gonna be part of this verified fan program to get part of our pre-sale, 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 ultra fucked. ticket sale. Oh, that was the crazy what? thing with Pink. There was like eight pre-sales before the general public sale, and we got in yeah, on one that's... of the pre-sales. But there was so many of them. I was like, how is there tickets left over? I don't get how like like pre-sale. I 
the, the concept of pre-sale makes sense. It's like, if you want to sign up to a mailing list, that's how they get people onto people's mailing lists. That's yeah. fine. And then you have a pre-sale, but then, yeah, like you said, with these big shows where they have like the American Express one and then the Telstra one and then the bloopity bloop one, like yeah. it's, yeah. It's and then wild. they, wasn't, didn't Blink also have that like dynamic pricing system, mainly in the States? It was in the so states. Some, I don't think that's. I don't think Ticketmaster have brought that out here yet. I think there's talk of it, but it's mainly in the states. But like tickets were going for like eight hundred bucks. Now, I've actually <laughs> seen this article that I've got open from the, the, Ga- the Guardian. Um. Well, yeah. Thinking of Taylor Swift, how I said like somebody needs to actually look into it. it looks like people are. So it says the backlash to the cure ticket fees is the latest example of Ticketmaster sales model um, provoking anger. In November, it cancelled the general sale for tickets for Swift Taylor Swift's Eras tour. Mm-hmm. because demand for the verified sale had left insufficient remaining ticket inventory. Swift described the situation as excruciating, while the US Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who is not a name I expected to talk about while talking about music on this podcast, <laughs> called for a breakup of Ticketmaster and Live Nation, which merged in 2010, calling it a monopoly, and she's 100% correct. Absolutely. In January, the US, um, the US Senate held a hearing about the company to hear testimony about ticket sales, monopolization, resale markets, and Ticketmaster's influence on the live music industry. US Senate, I'm calling you out straight away. If you guys want testimony, give us a call. Like, subscribe. We're available on <laughs> iTunes and Spotify. Um, so it's good that people are paying attention to it, but yeah. it didn't. It shouldn't have got to this point because live music is, is something that I will pay an exorbitant amount for. Just because it, it is such, it's one of the few good things left. Mm. Even yeah. a bad show is good in a way. I will have fun at. I will be. I will make friends that I'll have experience at. I will feel yeah. something. And as a, a as a millennial in twenty twenty three, feeling something is a rarity. Okay, yeah. most of the time we spend numb. Um, but when you you know when you hear the the right song, it takes you back to. You know, when, when I was listening to hearing the Black Parade being performed in a shit city, Sydney, again, thanks. Um, but when I heard that happen, I closed my eyes. I, I, could, I could literally picture myself buying that CD from JB Hi-Fi. I ran home. I had this shitty little, um, little fucking CD player, popped it in, and I was playing um, Burnout Takedown with the oh. volume off and just listening to it. And then I remember, like, you know, it gets to the end. It's like, oh, why are the tracks still going? Why is it eight minutes left? And he comes, like, oh. they start doing blood. It's like, oh, that's so cool. So I, I, for the nostalgic factor, I, I will pay a lot of money for it. But I think companies know how much people will pay for it. Yeah. And will absolutely gouge people. Now, look, just starting to move into festivals a little bit. Joel, you're, you've gone to good things recently, right? I've been to every... I've been to all the good things that have happened. How like much I've are tickets to, for that? Uh, 180? Because this is what's getting interesting. Chris, you're going to be surprised by this. Joel's only been to one sound wave. Yeah. Well, I've been there. I've been to two, I think. Oh, well, that ruins my surprise. Yeah. I've went to a lot of them. <laughs> yeah. And when they, were like, when they would come out, sound wave for, for anyone listening internationally, we have surprisingly a lot of international listeners. Um, sound wave was our big music festival. So we had um, Big Day Out, which sort of warped, well, sort of was taken over, not not taken over, but replaced so, with Soundwave, I guess. So you, I, I've only been to one Soundwave, but I went to a lot of Big Day Outs. How much were tickets for Big Day Outs normally? Uh, they vary. I think the most I paid for a Big Day Out ticket was probably about high, uh, 180 as well. But like, and that was, I think, 
what was the year I paid that for? I can't remember what what headliners they had that year, but like it was. They were the you know, big headliners. Though. A bigger headliners. I think it was like maybe the one that Neil Young headlined. Um, not the name I expect you to play. <laughs> that is not yeah. the name I was expecting you then. Yeah, Neil Young. Like I, I wasn't a huge uh, fan. Yeah, that's like, a that big was, day out. I'll tell you that, that much. Where, that wasn't where I was going, but like a fucking speaking of people who put on an amazing show. Like that was but, incredible to see. How weird is it though that these festivals like. We've got Download, we've got um, Good Things, and we've got, like, NotFest is happening this weekend. Yeah. Oh, shit, I t- we timed this episode really well. Hey, hi, hi NotFest. I wonder if anyone's listening to this in the line. If you're on the line for NotFest, A, say hi to Spirit Box for me, B, tweet us a picture from the NotFest line. That's all I ask. Hope you enjoy it. Have fun, maggots. That's what they call them, isn't it? That's- I think you're just insulting all of our viewers. <laughs> viewers and listeners. That's I what Slipknot call their fans, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, well, you know, I'll have a word with Slipknot about that. I think it should <laughs> show more respect, okay? Um, no, but, you know, do that. You can find us at, on, your, on your socials, your kiddos, at Slipknot AUS. Guys, I'm, I'm going to make us a TikTok soon, and I am dreading it. I am too old for it, but... It scares me. We'll do that soon enough. Look, let's just get, let's just get into festivals. Um, how are festivals priced... Quite reasonably, even still. So, like, during Soundwave days, if they came out and said a Soundwave's going to cost $180, you'd be like, oh, fuck, maybe. But you would see 400 bands. Yeah. Whereas now, I'm going to watch Lando Ray for, you know, 90 minutes, and it's going to cost me, like, $10 well, like a it, minute. You look at that, the year that was the big Soundwave, I think it was 2014, and that was the one that had... Like the lineup was stacked. It had Blink. It had That's Paramore. That's the one I went to. So that was that was the year 2013. We had Metallica, Metallica. Linkin yeah. Park, yeah. Blink, Perfect Circle, Offspring, Paramore, Slayer, Garbage, and only at that point did it decide to drop to the next level down. Yeah. And even then, there was some <laughs> fucking wild bands in there. Like, I think there was the one. I think I saw like the, these would they would have been super far down. But like one of my friends was like banging on about the Chariot, and I saw them. Yeah, the Chariot was. There. Fucking wild show too, yeah. Um, a, a little band called Cerebral Ballsy. <laughs> that's right. Interesting. Good yeah. stuff. <laughs> yep. My but even yeah, that, yeah, I'm pretty sure the 2014 to. was pretty stacked as well. So that was who was 2014? Green Day, Avenged Sevenfold, Alice in Chains. They remember Richie oh, Sambora. Yeah, yeah, I remember Richie. Yeah. Sam- I remember. So I remember. So- <laughs> I was at that one, and I'm pretty sure that Jimmy Eat World were going on yeah. after Richie Zambora, and Richie Zambora just obnoxiously kept playing, and the crowd started booing him because he went way over his set time, and everyone just started booing respect. him to get off the stage because he would not. He just kept playing. Um, but oh, like, yeah, that was a fantastic. like that was a pretty stacked on like Trivium, Alter Bridge, Corn, Rob Zombie, Day to Remember, Avenged Sevenfold, Green Day, like. Um, actually, I have a story about this this Soundwave. So, actually, I always want to hear Soundwave stories. I remember being in like the the pit and stuff like that for the Living End because Living End are sick. If you're outside of Australia, hate. please listen to the Living End. They're like our like rockabilly punk band. Um, fucking great. I was right at the front for them, and just throughout their set set, I eventually got to the barrier, and then Data Remember played. And back then, I, I quite liked Data Remember, so I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. Except for the moment where. Uh, what's the lead singer? Jeremy McKinnon. Clarkson? McKinnon? Jeremy McKinnon. I think it's McKinnon. Whatever it is. Jeremy. I don't remember. He, he's standing on 
the barrier belting out his songs however he when i say he's directly in front of me i mean when he got up on the barrier and leaned to the crowd i had his dick square in my face <laughs> i didn't want to sing too much because <laughs> it would have just been like a, a, a crime that happened so that was weird i don't know about that one that's yeah that's yeah. Just, that's strange um i, I yeah i like i the, that sound wave was the one that i went to and i remember I'd been to a few festivals at that point, like a few different ones here and there, mostly Big Day Out. I went to Falls once as a volunteer, which was the best way to do Falls, I feel. Or like a camping festival is be a volunteer at it. I've never been to a camping festival. That's the only one I've been to. And I, yeah, again, I volunteered at it. And Chris, it was, I'm going to assume you haven't been to one. I couldn't imagine you camping. No. Have you it's, been camping yeah, before, I mean, Chris? Uh, we, I, yes, when I was little, but we have actually yeah. spoken about it now that we have kids. Um, we've like, we're kind of keen to just buy some camping gear eventually and like build it up and then just go camping at some point. Yeah. I used to go fishing all the time. So that's, yeah. Right. Yeah, cool. That's, that's something, yeah, that's, that's something completely different as well. (laughs) No, but I'm like, yeah, it goes hand in hand with camping. Absolutely. Yeah. 100%. Um, If you forget your food, if you have to (laughs) catch it, teach a man to camp and you'll never fish in his life. The year I went to Falls and volunteered, it, like my lead up to New Year's was basically the whole thing was as a volunteer, like an unpaid one. I did 15 hours of work over four days and then the rest of the time I was able to go to the festival. So I did two shifts at the bus stop in Lawn, checking people's tickets as they got back on for six hours, well, like yeah, seven, seven and a half, eight hours a day or whatever. Um, and then the rest of the time that was... I was able to do what I want. So my lead up to New Year's was the greats followed by Arctic Monkeys over the New Year's like gap and then Crystal Castles afterwards, who at the time I didn't realise that the guy from Crystal Castles was a fucking piece of shit. Oh, my but, God. Um, I, I had, yeah. my last day in Sydney, had a beer at the pub with a good friend, Al, if you're listening, howdy. We went through a list online of all of the... Uh, sketchy people in music because we were talking about how many sketchy people are in pop punk almost all of them um and we were just yeah. like clarifying like who has done stuff i know there's a lot of people who have been accused of that stuff but there's legit criminals in the scene some of them still in the scene went through the list some whoever whoever created this list it is the most like whiplash whiplash i've ever received there would be a band with just a flat out, like, they would be called, like, the Laughing Hitlers, okay? And it would be, like, may make fun of the war. <laughs> it's like, I, yeah, pro- probably. And then they'll have Bloodhound Gang, possibly misogynistic lyrics, on the same list as some metal band where it's, like, killed a family of six. Yeah. <laughs> All just mixed into one big list. And I think the person who had the biggest um, a breakdown of things wasn't the one you would think of from a from a particular English band. Um, it was, like, some rapper who, like, shot somebody, but he had, like, three pages of, like, going really into it. It's bizarre. Wow. It's a weird list. Who wrote that list? Well, I mean, the, to be fair, the other Jamie. band doesn't really need much detail. It's just, like, one line. Yeah, and- probably the less, the less detail, the yeah. better. But uh, b- b- biz- a bizarre one. I was going to bring up, when we were talking about, like, special live music moments there was one for me back in the day pre this particular the lead singer of this band jesse lacy piece of shit um getting revealed to be a piece of shit that was a really really special show for me 
but that's why I drink to forget that that one particular show. I'm trying to, trying to really concentrate the tequila in my brain, that one spot, yeah. just to forget that very selective um, that amnesia. Ah, oh, God damn it. Though, speaking of amnesia and getting, I guess, getting hit in the head, my other, there's another live show I really like, oh, sorry, festival I really enjoyed going to, and they only had it once, I think, No Sleep Till. It was big, more oh, metal yeah. orientated, I think. Mm. But what we used to do, so Soundwave um, was a, like an all-day festival, so we would have a few shots beforehand. We were young, and, and you know, we were unkillable. Um, and we continued that with no sleep till. So before we went, oh, we were doing a bunch of shots of vodka. It was like 7 a.m., because that's what you do. I got there, already a little bit tipsy. And um, for those who know these particular bands, I apologize for bringing them back up. But we came as Romans was playing, and I'm like, hellsy, I'm going to see the, the lads um, sing about brothers and such. I've run towards them. Small crowd. I jumped, crowd surfed my way across, trying to get into like the pit. I just kept going, went to the, the barrier, the metal barrier, flipped over the edge, smashed my head into the, the metal fence, had like blood coming down the side of my face, um, and was told to like, you know, Go see first aid. Get away from here. <laughs> Please leave. Yeah. They're like, and then like, they're at the first aid thing, they're like, you, you need to go. Like, you're probably concussed, my dude. So I ran away. Okay. I used to be able to run, just for further context. I ran away. I went to the little drink shed. I got myself two Smirnoff of the old blacks. Mind you, again, it was like 2007. Um, yep. Got two Smirnoff of the old blacks, downed them. And then I'm like, okay, I will take it a little bit easy. There's no more bands I want to see for like an hour or so. But a uh, friend of the show, Gemma, pushed me into the pit for a little, um, I think it's like, I mean, maybe it's like folk rock or something like that they do. The band called Suicide Silence pushed me into the oh, yeah. fucking pit for this band who I've ne- I had never really heard of before. And there was like an infamously large wall of death. Those who don't go to show, the Wall of Death is where the whole crowd, mainly for a metal band, um, will split right down the middle. All, all the Veronicas. All the Veronicas. All the Again, Veronicas, I, yes. like I said, metal band. Um, split right in the middle, yeah, get everyone to separate. And then normally on a counter, you know, there's about to be a breakdown over, everyone runs into each other. It's dumb, but it's fun. I was on the edge of this one, and this became, this is like, the moment of the day for everyone. This is it's, there's a video of this on YouTube, and I think you could see me borderline die. You may actually see the spirit leave my body. But I remember <laughs> running. And that's all I remember. There's like a maybe ninety seconds of my life that is oh just black. God. It's gone. It's never coming back. It's just scene missing. I got absolutely annihilated, annihilated there. And then for the rest of the show, I'm like, I can't go to any more pits. My body hurts. I can. Just, I should not be here still. When some newfound glory, somehow got hotboxed there because everyone was smoking weed at newfound glory of all bands. <laughs> and then I fell asleep I, under a tree yeah. watching No Effects. Yeah. Now that's a good that's, day. That's a good day. It's a good day. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, there's something about festivals. And you were saying before about how, like, you are like, you just, you go and you don't see people at festivals and things like that. And that's, I'm, I'm like that too because I'm like, I'm going to a festival, I'm going to see. This band, this band, and this band. I'm gonna do my thing, and other people are like, "We're gonna get drinks." We're gonna do that. And it's like, like my, my day is always like, I get there, I go to the merch tent, I get my merch, put it in my backpack, and then I'm done for that part of the hell scene for the day. And then I go and I do my, I see my bands that I want to see, and that's that's my day. But 
yeah, Soundwave for me was one of the worst organized ex- uh, like experiences I've been to. Like, thanks, AJ. Was, you fuck. Yeah, it was just it was like the bands were great, and it was all that was really good. But like, man, those big stages had horrible sound issues. Um, like the lines for things were fucked. Like just even more so than the normal festival. Um, and I'm glad that like Good Things has like that spirit of what I wanted Soundwave to be from the one time that I went, but without most of that shit. So I feel like the last Good Things was a little bit oversold. Um, I think they were pretty keen to get back to it and maybe like get their money back as well and um and, and whatnot, which I don't blame them. So lines were a little bit longer and things like that, but like still it was great. And sound was pretty 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 bad, especially for Bring Me the Horizon. It was very quiet. Well, like <laughs> earlier, I think it may have been pre-show. Yeah, it was we pre-show. Chris and I were talking about the footy being back. Was this pre-show? Am I am I still hurt from Suicide Silence Mosh Pit? <laughs> yeah, that was pre-show. Um pre-show so. we're talking about um I don't like going to live AFL games because I can't see I can't see stuff. I go there for the atmosphere. Like I really enjoy that. That's kind of me with with festivals. I don't yeah. really go there expecting to hear a good show. You're probably not going to get the best sound. You know, when they're having band after band on the same stage, it's outdoors, you don't have the acoustics. I go there for, for the atmosphere. And with Soundwave, despite it being poorly run and poorly organized and there's a lot of issues and a lot of bands apparently have still haven't been paid. Um, I found the atmosphere to be just incredible because I think it came around that time where this, like that style of punk and it, it was such an eclectic group of people there because you had your hardcore metal fans and they were being catered to you had your punk fans, you had your pop rock, your pop punk fans, your pop fans, there was some hip hop, there was some rap. It was a bunch, it was just an eclectic group of people all together enjoying the same general vibe, enjoying each other's company. You would still have those people being really gatekeepery about stuff and, you know, fuck them. Um, mm-hmm. But, like, you'd, ha- you'd have people who haven't seen, like, I got into a lot of bands because of Soundwave because I would just go there, the crowd was good, the atmosphere was good, the band sounded fine, but I had a fun time, so I'd check them out later. Um, yeah. I don't good know. Things, I, think, I feel like I'm too old things, for festivals now, though. I haven't been to one. The one... Well, I was going to say, Good Things is the one festival that I still do. Like, that's the one that I'm like, without a doubt, I'm going to that festival because mainly because I know bands that are on it. Like, that's that's what it, that is what it is. I used to go to Groove in the Moo every year because, again, from Bendigo, so it was always here. I lived across the road from it one year, which was great. Um, and like, like I used to always go to that, but now I look at the lineup, I'm like, ah, oh, no. like, Fat Boy Slim's playing this year, who's the reason I got into dance music and wanted to be a DJ it was because of him. So that's pretty cool. Um, but like, um, good things is always the one where I'm like, there's always going to be a band on it. And every year uh, past the first one, every year I've called a band that's going to be on that lineup. So it's, I'm like, I reckon next year this band's going to be on it. Um, so I, I don't actually, I don't have a prediction for this year, but, um, I feel like that that same vibe is there. Um, and it feels, it feels like it's starting to get a little bit bigger in terms of it's a ballooning out a little bit um but like i remember the first two years were like this feels tight everything feels good and well put together um 
But and, and it could have been like that. That last one last year was. I think the it's, first it's one, the but. issue with um expectations as well. So this is why Soundwave. Soundwave got so big that it collapsed under its own weight. Yeah. Um, I think that's gonna that's an inevitability for things like good things and stuff like that. And oh, it yeah, does sure. uh, a lot of it does come down to to management and stuff like that. I don't know as much about good things, but it's also expectations of fans. So recently, there's a festival in Australia called Uni- the Unified Ga- Gathering. It's mm-hmm. mainly local. It started off with mainly just local bands. Yeah. Then they started getting yeah, some international so. ones. Um. But they decided to take 2023 off um, originally. But this week they said, hey, we weren't going to do anything this year, but we thought we'll do something real small, a little bit different, as a bit of a thank you to the people who, who travel out to our shows. We'll do a few more shows in some rural areas. So we've got like Shepparton and, you know, country towns like Adelaide. Um, and they're going to do very small Australian-focused shows there. You know, six, seven bands. Uh, and... These are bands, a boutique festival, yeah. if you will. Exactly. Yeah. And it's it kind of like, we weren't going to do anything. Here's something. And people are getting so mad about it. And I just don't understand what people... Go- I, I get the whole complaint, like, hey, we could see these bands. These bands have all toured recently. We could go see them. Like, yeah, but you wouldn't see them all together. People were crying out for live music during COVID. Mm-hmm. And now it's back. And they don't want to support it because why isn't Metallica playing in Shepparton? Shut the yep. fuck up. Yeah. Anyway, that's my I saw the lineups for those, and I was like, the one that I would really like to go to is the Adelaide one because it's m- more like, like, I think Teenage Jones are headlining. Yeah. And I really, I quite dig them. Um, and and there's a few other bands on there as well. I think like the Beautiful Monument as well are playing there. It's, it's a lot more like pop punky focused, um, so which speaks to me. But like, I'm not going to be like, why isn't that one the one that's close to me? Like, I'm just like, oh, that sucks. I'm not going to go to that one because I'm unfortunately not going to spend the money or have the time to be able to go to Adelaide and do something like that. But, um, yeah, I'm not going to fucking bitch about it online. Chris, you're, you recently, um, you know, passed 40 years old, as far as I'm concerned. Um, are your festival days over? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I Would just- Soundwave, look, look, apparently there is a rumor going around that Soundwave may not be dead or may be resurrected for, like, tax purposes. We could be, having, we could be on the verge of Aaron Fire Festival, but if it was done properly, if we got that really cool, you know, when you get the, especially the 2013 show, you had, like, the really good metal band, the good, pop, like, pop rock band, and then that one in the middle that everyone could enjoy. We had that really cool little, head, like, headline system and stuff like that. Could that get you back? No, I don't think that would even get me back. The only, the only way they could... Like I just, uh, I wouldn't be able to last the whole day. You'll have no. your camping chair by then, but sorry. you can go fishing. <laughs> <at the show. laughs> I, I wouldn't be able to last the whole day. Um, and just also like, yeah, I think that the only thing that would be able to get me to go to a festival now is if it was like a band that I had loved my whole life and had never seen. And there was the potential that I... Like this is the last chance I'm going to get to see them. That'd probably if it was what like would that band absolute, need to be? Like, like I can't really think of one. That, like, that's like one of the questions I have on this list. The questions I sent to you guys, and we'll get into it in a moment, is the bands you wish you saw. I can't think of anyone, and it's also it's a tricky one because there are so many bands that I I I love, but their live shows 
are fucking boring. I Green Day was the first band I love. Green Day is the reason I started playing music. Yeah. Their live shows are so fucking predictable and boring. That's why, okay, when Billy Joe has, you know, his occasional breakdown, I'm like, okay, at least he's mixing it up. At least he's doing something. Yeah. That's going to be sure you're going to remember. For me, that's also a little bit like um, Kiss in a way. Like, I've seen Kiss twice. I've loved Kiss since I was like 10 years old. I still love their music. They're on their, they did, like, I don't know if they even have just done it or if they're about to do it, but they're on their, their bloody farewell tour, their fifth farewell tour. But yep. I was just like, I'm not, like, I know what the show is about. I've seen it plenty of times. Like, I'm not that keen on it. You sound yeah. like the Hulk who just found love. <laughs> I like Kiss. <laughs> kiss good. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that's a, they're very much their their live show is predictable. It's a great show, but once you've seen it once, you're kind of just like, oh, like yeah, yeah, it's cool, it's great. I'm gonna say something controversial that, here. I don't really care that much. I saw my chem twice, Melbourne and Sydney, and it was kind of that. The set look, like, yeah. I have issues with the set list. I'm not even gonna do that. That's a bit too nitty gritty for the podcast. But I found yeah. like I saw them once. Okay, I probably didn't have to see them again. Mm. Um, just because yeah, it was a bit bit predictable there are some bands i can see over and over again and just be entertained every single time um yeah. even though they're playing the same material jimmy world is actually one of them um which is really good because they supported mcr but it's a lot Very of those, those big bands that just tour and they have to be so regimented with what they do because it's such an uh, such a production that they put on that it has to be the same every single time so yeah and- i do have um just going back to kind of the bands you wish you saw i do have a few um I don't really have many kind of what I would call like they're they're kind of bands that like there is no chance of me seeing them now. Um, mm. In terms of bands that like like you were saying, what is that one band that could kind of get me to go to a festival again? I don't think there really is any that I have kind of that are like bucket list bands that are left that I could still potentially see. Um, like probably the one last one that I had was probably Aerosmith. I didn't think I was ever going to get a chance to see Aerosmith and I've loved them since I was about 12 years old and mm-hmm. got to see them a few years ago. They came and they played Rod Laver and it was amazing. Um, but like, yeah, they're, they're probably like one of the last bucket list bands that I probably had. Um, in terms of, in terms of like bands I wish I saw, the one that is always at the top of the list and I'm... I always kick myself because I could have seen them. I just waited too many tours and then one of them died and that was the Eagles. Uh, and it was Glenn Frey who died. It was the main man. Like right. I just, I loved the Eagles and I like there was just too many. They came out a few times and I was like, Oh, should I go this time? Should I go this time? Then I just waited too long. And then Glenn Frey died and it was like, okay, now I can't. Was it one that seems I remember they used to come here more frequently than you'd expect. Yeah, they used to come probably every like two, three, three years? four years. Yeah, yeah. maybe it was, it was the, either that because it, they, when they come so often, it's like I'll yeah. see them next time. Yeah. yeah, and the hard thing with the Eagles as well is that, like, I'm talking probably like seven, eight years ago, probably would have been the last time they came, and their tickets were just always super expensive, like two, three times what any other act was charging at the time. And they would sell yeah. out because they were the Eagles. Like they could charge that. But it was yep. just it was just way too expensive at the time as well. Um but like apart from them kind of classic answers of bands that I wish I saw, like Led Zeppelin, they're one of my favorite bands of all time. 
wish I could have seen him. Probably the other one, which just, just they never came down, was Rush. And right, Rush would have been yeah. so good live. Like, they only ever really played in America and Canada. They weren't really yep. interested in, even though they're a worldwide band, and then Neil Peart, like one of the greatest drummers of all time, then he, he passed away, and now they've just kind of said, yeah, no, we're done. Without Neil, we're not a, we can't do it anymore. So, yeah. I, for me, the, the, I've got the, the basic bitch answer, which is like Queen. Like, like it, it would have been incredible to see that band yeah. in there. And I mean, I'm talking Freddie Mercury Queen. Don't bring like, up yeah, Adam Lambert because Broderick gonna... already got enough beef. <laughs> talking about Adam I'm Lambert gonna... on Twitter. I'm not, <laughs> um, I'm not kicking that hornet's nest. No fucking way. Um, but like to be able to see them in their element, like would have just been something else. And yeah. I know, I, I know people who ha- who did like um, friends, parents and stuff like that, that have like, they went to those gigs and, you know, that would have been incredible to see. Um, but, yeah, in terms of, I don't know, I can't even think off the top of my head, like, bucket list bands that I've got left to see, really. I've got uh, none. Just in terms of, like, I, I can't just think of anything off the top of my head, really, that I haven't yeah. seen in life. So. I, I, I have, there's a bunch of small bands that I'd love to see. I'm not as dedicated. Like, I like that one of our, um, one of our friends who, who's in a really good band called Paperweight, go check them out, her name's Luana. Uh, she recently flew to New Zealand. You would think to see My Chemical Romance. No, she went there to see Goodnight Nurse, which makes me very fucking happy because that band slaps. Um, and whatever she posts about, I would get like my only suck in my head. I really like when that people are crossing off those last few bands on, on their bucket list, but I, I, I have nothing. I've got yeah. like, a bunch of comfort bands I'd like to see again. Like I'd really like to see Taking Back Sunday again because I, I, I feel like I need to take that off like one last time. Other than that, I've got- that's probably probably the same for me with like Yellow Card. Like, kind of, I think that it was so special, kind of that farewell show. But then it's kind of like now that I know they're doing gigs again, I'm like, I wouldn't mind just getting in one more. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, see, for me, that's a similar situation. Is um, Ocean City soundtrack. I went to their last show in Melbourne, so and good. fuck, yeah, I had the same sort of thing. Like, that's the last time I'm ever going to see that band live. You know, um. And I went. I saw them three times. I saw them once at Soundwave, and then that final show. And then I also saw them when they did their um, "Commit This to Memory" tour, where they played it in full, in order. And it was, and then came out and did a few hits afterwards. But like, amazing! Like, such a good fucking show. Um, and yeah, they're touring again now, mainly only in America. But like, yeah, I'd, well, I'd, I'd love to get that again. Just rolling to another question I had for you guys, and this is a a, a bit of a disappointment that I found with the, the Jimmy and Mike Chemical Romance show is there was no local support. When these bands come to Australia, I guess bands of even a bigger size, should they have to have a local support? Because I, I think they do. I think... Chris, you were, you could probably speak about this a, a fair bit as well. So we used to be in a band together, what, like 10-ish years ago? Mm-hmm. About that? Um, look, we weren't fucking big we played support to a bunch of bands who would support bands who supported bands who supported bands okay we're pretty low down the food chain but you would see bands who would get that kind of big break moment and it was really really special for them and we we got close to supporting some bands i really would have liked to have done stuff with um having that opportunity was really special for us it kind of bums me up that Bands don't have that sort of jumping off point now. It, it, it is kind of hard to get into to small, small local bands. 
There's a few shows that I've been to that have. So I went and saw Microwave and Mum and Jeans a few weeks ago. They were opened up by a band called Susie, who were incredible. I've been listening to them nonstop since. Jo- I've got Joel onto them. I'm probably going to see them next yep. month. Um, yep. A few I years ago, I saw La Dispute because I'm I'm a depressed little man. I saw La, La Dispute and uh, they were supported by a band called Sports Bra. Got really into them. Uh, Shikari were opened by Wind Waker. I got really into Wind Waker. I, and I Creeper. Went, and Creeper was sick, yeah. Um, but having, imagine like a local band opening for these guys. It would have been even like the last band I saw play a big show that had a, an Australian local support was Block Party. I can't remember the group um, who opened for them because it wasn't really my thing, but having that opportunity and seeing the people in the crowd getting into them, Australian music industry is really hard to break into because even at a local scene, it is super incestuous. You just need to know the right people and just the same, you do sometimes see the same bands getting the same opportunity. and They need a chance to move up into that next echelon yeah. so then other bands can keep growing. But we seem to be, have this like soft cap where these bands keep playing the that's, same level of show and no one can move anymore. That's kind of the the interesting thing that doesn't really make sense is, as you say, it tends to be those kind of not monstrous bands, but like your, your Inter Shikaris and stuff like that, that they generally do always have a local support that opens. But those really big bands that could provide a huge platform for, for the local bands never do and I, I agree i think that it should be mandatory that and also help justify cost yeah um yeah. you know get get if i mean not many people are going to pay 200 dollars to see my cam to see the local support like you're not going to get more people through the door but to get people no. pumped up people relaxed people in the mood for more music when, when jimmy world opened up and it took like three four songs for the crowd to get involved because they weren't warmed up yet We'd, we've all been standing there for an, an hour but um, that's the thing as well with a band at at that level of like my chem where they're on their their tour that no one ever thought they'd get to see again like adding a local support on you don't need to get more people through the door you know it's going to sell out exactly like, yeah. adding that local support on is just doing a favor to a local band to give them a platform i yeah. i think it should be man- yeah. mandatory just to help get the australian scene going again cuz look i don't listen to much commercial radio anymore yeah i'm pretty cool like that but like, you know, people talk about like the whole like Triple J like flavor. Like you can tell when a song is written for Triple J. Um, yeah. There is a certain like elk of song that goes on there. It's like it's always going to be good. There's a formula. There's to a it, formula yeah. to it. You don't get many Australian bands anymore. Like you know, punk bands getting that shot anymore. And it's, it's, fun- it's a bit disappointing. I'd like to see more. It's funny because like you sort of putting me on to Susie over the weekend um, and I gave them a listen. I actually went away uh, with some friends of mine for a weekend away and one of my really good friends, Sean, um, they're in a band called Baby Shower um, who have been sort of like, you know, doing their thing for a while now. And I've been a terrible friend and hadn't really listened to them. And I sort of gave their- um, You've admitted that on the podcast as well. So you're going to know that now. Pardon? You've admitted that now. On recording, he's gonna know that now. Oh, I know. I told him. I told him I was a really bad friend and I hadn't listened to it. I told them, and um, yeah, I was like, uh, it, it fucking slaps, and they're doing such great stuff. Um, but like, yeah, I like know other people in these like small bands that are doing fun things that are interesting. Like, it's a three piece band with a drummer, a bass player, and a, a, a electric ukulele player. 
Yeah. Okay, that's that's cool. And and, and, and they, they play it as a, a fucking like like a guitar, and it's awesome. Like it's tuned differently, is through pedals and stuff like that. It's great. They're really good. Go check out Baby Shower, please. If you haven't, they're amazing. I'm gonna sing their praise. I've listened to their EP at least once a day since like Sunday. I've been yeah. Amazing. Yeah, so he had never heard it beforehand because he's never listened to it before. What a shit friend. <laughs> yeah, when you told him that friend. you listened to them now, did you also tell him to like and subscribe to Story Mode and Dialogue Options, our video game podcast on sure Spotify and iTunes? I'm pretty sure he already does. You can find it at, Spotify, I mean, at, at Story Mode AUS on all social media platforms. Like they and subscribe. Did, they, they're, also, they're also the person who did our like all our um, graphic design work before we met you, Jesse. Oh, and, you're and- a fuck. <laughs> he's done such good work for you. <laughs> he has. And we always said we'd have him on the show and we'd have them on the show and we haven't yet. So well, you're the plug. Yeah. That's I feel like this is the the, the closest I'm, I'm doing sort of partly doing my part. But yeah. There's no but there, are, there, there aren't many ways to I, find local music. I again this could just be me getting older. I'm I'm not really involved with the local scene as much. I'm not keeping as close an eye as I was, but I wish there was just a, a way that I could come across this, this sort of music. And every time I've seen an Aussie band open up over the last few years, I've been kind of like, yeah, okay. And it does. It, it also is one of those things that annoys me because I, I look at these people who are younger than me and I'm like, ah, they're talented. Imagine if I had, yep. imagine if I had talent. And it does make you wish, you know, miss playing live music because that is a hell of a drug. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Let us open. Can we open? Let us open a show with a podcast. You recently had a sale of your EP, so... Oh, yeah. Um, um, Chris, Joel recently bought our EP, and I don't know where that money goes. <laughs> I've got no clue. i got a bunch of, like, emails about it, and I'm like, I don't- It goes to a bank account that doesn't isn't active anymore. Are we paying fees? Is that just gaining interest? Are we, no, are we on no, the, the beach earning- tw- Are we on the beach earning 20%? <laughs> no. What did you the think? bank account's closed. We've probably been making all these sales in bloody South America or something that we don't know about, and the money's just going nowhere. I'm gonna look into that. How weird would that be if we like if we find out that we had a real big spike in sales and we could have actually done something with that, like with that momentum? We're just like, oh well, never well, mind. To be fair, we were never the the most money savvy band. I remember that we we got paid for a gig, and they like this we got was, paid for a gig. Sh- what goes to show goes to show our age? We they paid us with a check. Um, they gave us a check and we just never cashed. <laughs> and then they followed up and they called me like four months later and they were like, on our books, you still haven't cashed the check. We're going to resend it to you. I was like, oh yeah, cool. And we just never cashed it again. We could have done so much with that money. How many pizzas could we have bought? That's I'm pretty amazing. sure it was like 150 bucks. What well. the fuck, man? <laughs> All right. We're going to talk about my cut off that off air, but, um, uh, Let's actually let's let's uh let's start to wrap that one up. Actually, just before we go, just just last question: Do you guys have any um shows on the horizon? I'm going to see uh, Electric Cowboy in November, and I'm very excited about it because I saw them for the first time at Good Things last year, uh, and they were fucking great. And yeah, very excited to see them again. And I'm on, I'm like very close because I'm probably going to go by myself to buying tickets to see Baby Metal because, like, I feel like I have to because... It would be a hell of a show. Exactly. And, again, saw them are good things and they were incredible, but I want to see, like, their their stadium show that they do. So, um, yeah, that's what's coming up for me, I think. What about you, Chris? 
I've got, um, so obviously, as I mentioned earlier, we're seeing pink next year. Um, the one that I'm waiting for them to announce, though, which actually probably going back is probably the last bucket list band that I have, is um, Motley Crue are coming, and they're coming with Def Leppard. And I've never seen Def Leppard, and I love Def Leppard. They're one of my favorite oh, okay. bands, and I've never seen them. So they've been doing the stadium show in America, and I think they're in Europe at the moment. And Nikki from Motley has said that Australia and Japan will be announced. Like They're coming this year, but just hasn't been announced yet. So I'm hanging for that to get announced. It should be any time now. That'll be a hell of a show. Yeah. yeah. Like So they've done, um, similar to what you were saying earlier, so they toured, when they were doing the stadium tour in America, it was them, Def Leppard, Poison, and Joan Jett. Um, oh, Jesus. Poison's not coming. Like, they're not doing the international ones. It's just Motley Crue and Def Leppard, but they've been alternating who headlines each night. So one night it's Crue, the next night's Def Leppard, because they see themselves as equals. So, yeah, I'm very excited for that one. Love that shit. And I think I've got, I'm going to go see Susie next month. Um, oh, actually, yeah, can you? Yeah, done and done. Like, oh. I want to go to that too. <laughs> and I've got Sleep Token later in the year. So if that's oh, anything man. like the vibes they gave when they opened up for North Lane, there could be a gangbang because that's a horny fucking band. Um, <laughs> I imagine, Jesse, you'll also be going to Polyphia as well. I am going to go to Polyphia because uh, I, know, I know all the words to their songs. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, a lot of their songs have lyrics now. Um, so my joke doesn't land. Yes, I will be on that. I'm very excited for that one. Um, but yeah, look, thanks for listening, everyone. Um, if you want to listen to more of this, now this is a bit of a weed episode. We we haven't done a full music episode yet, but the whole point of doing this story mode podcast is to talk about a bit of everything. So if there are weeks where nothing much has happened with video games and movies and TV, we're going to talk about something a little bit different. Um, so I hope you enjoyed. Give us some feedback over on your uh, socials at AUS. If you do like what you heard um, or you want to hear some of our past episodes where we talk about movies, TV, games and, and whatnot, we're of course on Spotify and iTunes as the Story Mode Podcast and we want to hear our game, video game centric show, Dialogue Options hosted by Joel and Kyron uh, search for Dialogue Options because there's a plenty to talk about um, I think you guys are recording tomorrow it'll be a, a hell, hell of a dope one, nope. there's a lot of dope and there's a lot of nope you guys yep. will get a lot of stuff through that. You can also follow us all individually on Twitter. I'm at Jesse Spanner. Joe? At Jolly Mac. And Chris? At Lowry underscore 16. Uh, come give us a follow. Come tell us about bands you've liked seeing, bands you wish you could see, what your thoughts on festivals are, and why we are just three old men yelling at clouds because the world has passed us. We used to be with it, but then they changed what it was. But, dear listener, it will happen to you. Chris, thanks for joining in. We're going to get you on more episodes. No, thank you for having me. Joel, thank you for stealing Kyron's setup and uh, jumping on as well. Yeah, shout out to Kyron for letting me use the setup while I have none. through other people's houses. But he does. Yeah, exactly. Oh, shit, they're under me. And dear listeners, thanks for uh, sticking with us. Hope you had some fun there. And we'll catch you next time. Go listen to some new music. Go support some local bands. And go... I was going to say go fuck yourself, but that's mean. Go love yourself. We love you. Bye. See ya. Kiss, kiss, the band. The band kiss. <laughs>